Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So again, we're not going to take a text to read, so you guys can just, uh, if you have your um, hand out there, we'll, um, we're actually going to start with uh, Matthew, uh, the, the scripture there in Matthew, if you want to find that, Matthew 28, I believe we'll be starting this morning. Uh, but let me just talk to you just a little bit, because I, I need you to be with me on this message, because uh, it's going to be a little different for us this morning, okay? So... What do we do, what, what do, what would you guys do if there was someone in our congregation who had a different opinion, a different view, they, they saw adultery differently than the scriptures? What, what would we do? In other words, they say, my opinion, my view, the way I look at it, what I, how I see things, it's okay to do this. I, I know that's an extreme thing, but, but what would everybody here say? We would all say, no, we have to go by the Bible. We, we can't go by what you feel. We can't go by what you think. We can't go by what you've been taught. We can't go by how you believe. We go by what the Word of God... Is everybody with me? We go by what the Word of God says. Now, that applies to everything. We, we say, well, yeah, obviously it was adultery would, but, but can I say that on this subject, what you feel, what you believe, what you've always been taught, what you think really doesn't matter. It matters what the Word of God said. I, I'm saying that because I'm going to say some things. You're going to say, I don't believe that well it's because maybe you're not going by the bible right so do we at sandhill want to go by the bible or do we want to go by how we feel all right good answer good answer all right so <clears throat> i'm trusting that we're able to have this uh this message this morning the title of the message if you have a handout you've already got it how do we get the spirit back that's a, that's a question that we hear a lot. How do we get the Spirit back? How do we get the Spirit back in our churches? We, we hear that talked about a lot. But I want to ask a question, what does that question even mean? Because I, what I mean by that and what, what a lot of people mean by that is not the same thing. Because what a lot of people mean is how do we get it back to 1970 when we were shouting the house down? That's not what I'm talking about. Okay, that, that's, not what, that's not what we're referencing this morning. <clears throat> but according to the Word of God... Why do we have the Spirit of God? Would anybody like to know that question? Is anybody here interested? If we're not, we might as well just go home now and go eat right now, right? Do we want to know why we have the Holy Spirit? Because we're going to learn what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit and not maybe what we've always thought about the Holy Spirit. Now, last week, if you were here, we talked about how we run the church and some things that have been done in church that maybe, uh, you know, when I have an analytical mind, which I think sometimes is a curse. But I just have a real hard time looking at something and thinking that obviously doesn't make sense and just going along with it. I, that, that's, that's just the way I am. Renee's like, well, just you don't need to. No, I, I can't do that. I can't say that absolutely does not make sense, but I'm going to go along with it. I'm just not wired that way. And a lot of things we look at in church it just does not make sense biblically it does not make sense and so when we talk about the holy spirit how many of you know that the holy spirit is a very controversial subject in churches right very very controversial 
So, so as a child growing up in church and as an adult growing up in church and as a, as a pastor growing up in church, I've seen so many that would say, the Lord told me, the Lord showed me. But what they said, it was wrong. And that made me think, God's not wrong. God's never wrong. The Holy Spirit doesn't tell you something and it's wrong. So that that caused me issues. That caused me to struggle. It caused me to struggle when I would see people who have no desire to live a holy life. They're not living holy. They're not living God's way. They're not living word of God. But they say, I am so filled with the Holy Spirit. How are you so filled with the Holy Spirit and you're not living a holy life? I struggle with that. that. Biblically, that's not logical. I struggle with so much, and I don't know if you guys will understand this, and I'm trying to get you guys to work with me here. So much of what is done in the church in the name of the Spirit is to draw attention to me. God showed me something. God did something. I I prayed in, in Jesus' name. I forced it to happen. It's about showing how great I am. You can't find that in the Bible. That won't work. Listen, God does not share his glory. He's going to be glorified, and he's not going to let you be glorified. So, so much of, of you know, we could, we could criticize the charismatics, but they say if you don't speak in tongues and do things, then you're not as high as they are. It's drawing attention to the flesh. That's not biblical. You can't fit that into the Bible. It will not work. Now, I'm just going to say this how it is, but it is this how it is. So many miracles that we hear about, they're just exaggerated. I mean, someone wants to have a really good testimony, and, and it's exaggerated, twist the truth, and everything. And, and I, I sit back as a child and think, that's not really what happened. That's not really. In other words, we're trying to make it look like God did something, but God didn't really do something. You just exaggerated. It made it sound like he did something, right? And so you say, Pastor, you sound, you sound like a, a sinner criticizing the church. Well, a lot of these things that we think are fantastic don't line up with the Bible, and I'm saying if it don't line up with the Bible, we need to get lined up with the Bible, right? <clears throat> and I don't know if you'll understand this one, but it, trust me, it is true. So much false doctrine that is preached is coming from people who say they're very spiritual. I mean, there's so many denominations. They, their doctrine is absolute heresy. It is false doctrine. But they say, hey, we have the Spirit. You, that won't work. That won't work. So if you guys are with me, I have some struggles when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But I want to do what the Bible says. So it seems to me that we've kind of come to a day in the United States. Work, if you work with me here, if you understand what I am saying, it seems to me that we have come to a place. We can go over to the Charismatics, the Pentecostals, we can go over to them. We can go over to the Baptists, we can go over to them. We can do all this. But it seems to me in the United States of America, if you understand where I am going, it seems to me that you are now forced as a, as a living person in the United States that you have two choices. You can find the false, fake spirit, which is not biblical, or you can find no spirit, which is not biblical. There's not a whole lot in between. You have those who say we have the spirit, and it doesn't even come close to line up with the Bible, and then there's the rest of them who say, we don't want to be like that crowd, so we're going to not have any spirit, and we're going to have a dead church with no spirit. Okay? Listen, we shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be you have to choose between the false and no spirit. We ought to have the spirit that God has. Amen? And that's what we want to talk about this morning. So again, what does the Bible say about it? So 
I don't want us to, uh, to have to choose between the, the false and the no spirit churches. So let me ask this question. Of all that I've already said and all that is done in the name of the Holy Spirit that is false, that is not biblical, does that change what God said? Not even a little bit. God said it. It's right. His Holy Spirit is right. All of the abuses... Uh, all of the abuses do not change the truth of the Word of God. So I want to find out what the truth is about the Word of God. <clears throat> all right, is anybody with me? I, I want to find out what the truth is about the Word of God. So again, not, not a normal message for me, not a, not a take a text and explain what it is, a, a topical kind of going through. And I did a great deal of study going to try to lay out what the Bible says. I don't have time to lay out all of this this morning because it, it would you'd get bored in all of the details. But you're just going to have to trust me on some of this. If anybody would like to verify or have a little bit more detail, I'd be glad to talk to you after service. But, but can I say this uh, again? So everybody, everybody, everybody look at me. If you were raised a certain way, or if you have a certain belief, or you have a certain feeling, and it doesn't agree with the Bible, what should we do? We should go by the Bible. So if we go over into John chapter 14 and John chapter... We're not going to. We're not going to go there. You can, you can look it up later. But, but in those chapters, uh, primarily, Jesus is saying, I am going to go away. And when I go away, I am going to send the Holy Spirit back. He even said, it's better for me to go so the Spirit can come. And he said, this Spirit that will come, this Comforter that will come, he's going to have very specific reasons for coming. Now, if you'll go back, and now, now I, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to find out where I am in a place where I am disagreeing with Jesus. Does anybody want to be in a place where you're, where you're opposite sides of Jesus? Jesus said what the Spirit was for, and if that doesn't line up with what you think, I'm suggesting you go with Jesus. Okay, I'm suggesting you go with Jesus. Jesus very clearly said, when I send my Holy Spirit back, it is for a particular reason. If you go look those verses up again, I'll talk to someone later. We don't have time to go through this morning. But it very clearly says, I am sending back the Spirit of truth, and it will remind you how to live. And there's a whole bunch in the context there where it's talking about keeping his commandments, doing what Jesus said, living a holy life, going by the Bible. And he said, when the Holy Spirit comes back, it's going to teach you what the Bible says. Let's go teach you what the Bible says. So you can't come up with a Holy Spirit that doesn't care about going by the Bible, just cares about you feeling good. Is anybody following me? I love Jesus. Now, whoo, shout the house down. Now, I'm not going to live right. I'm not going to be a good Christian. I'm not going to come to church. I'm not going to do what the Bible says. But whoo, I love Jesus. That won't work, people. That won't work. You are saying Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. Because Jesus plainly said that the Spirit will come and it will guide you in what I have commanded you. It also says in those, I'm just giving you a rundown of what it says in those texts in 14, John 14 and John 16. It also says the Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. Do you know it, Jesus, now you, how are you, what Jesus went to? The Bible specifically says when the Holy Spirit comes, it will not talk about itself. It will only talk about Jesus. Now, we're not Jesus only. We believe Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? We believe in all three, but they all three have their place, and the Holy Spirit is here to point us to Jesus, not to point to himself. So when you have a church that says, I'm not interested in the Word of God, I'm not interested in Jesus, I'm not interested in living holy, but whoo, we want to shout the house down, you are anti-biblical. You're anti-biblical. That is not, that will not work, because the Spirit points to Jesus, which is the Word of God. And you can't have it any other way. So 
It points to Jesus. It doesn't point to itself. It reminds us of what the Word of God says. It convicts us of sin. It says, it says in there that it will guide us in truth, which it will show us the way that we should go. It also says this. Maybe we'll get to this in a little bit. It says, Jesus said, it will show you the things to come. Isn't that interesting? The Holy Spirit will show you the things to come. So those are, the, those are what Jesus said. And really, in a nutshell, you can't get a whole lot more out of what Jesus said. In a nutshell, that is the, that is the sum of what Jesus said the Holy Spirit will do. Why is it almost everything that we see today is the Holy Spirit doesn't fit into any of those categories? It's not about living holy. It's not about pointing to Jesus. It's not about uh, um, convicting because of sin. It's not about guidance and how we're supposed to live. It's about everything else. <laughs> are, you, are you guys, have I done lost you guys? Are you guys with me? All right, so I, I, I need us to see what the Bible says. Now, Paul throws in there along with Jesus. I think we can go with Paul too. Along with Jesus, what he had to say, Paul throws in there the fruit of the Spirit. Can I just sum up, <laughs> are you ready for this? Can I just sum up the fruit of the Spirit? You're going to be good to other people. Amen. <laughs> I mean, you take love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, all You just sum it all up. You're going to be nice to other people. I love Jesus. I'm going to shout to house. I'm going to be mean as I can be when I'm done. But boy, I'm going to be shouting house down now. No, you can't have it that way. The fruit of the Spirit is love and being nice to people and being good to other people and forgiving other people and being kind. And that, that's what the Spirit's about. When you have a Spirit that's not about that, guess what? You don't have the Holy Spirit. Right? So, so, so that is what the Bible says. That is what Jesus said. That is what Paul says. So if you, if you followed that argument at all, again, uh, we're tracing what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit through the Scripture. Well, we're going to let you guys look some Scriptures with me now. I know these are all familiar. I know we've seen all of these. But I want you guys to not take Gary's word for it. I want you guys to see what the Bible says. Because i got a big piece of steak to give you at the end. That you're going to need this to get it to wash down. How's that? <clears throat> So, Matthew 28, we all know this, hopefully most of you can quote this scripture, uh, but Matthew 28 and, and 18, it says this, Jesus has died, he has went to the grave, he has rose from the dead, he has showed himself victorious, he's getting ready to go back to heaven, and right before he goes back, this is what he says. In verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power, all power, we learned in Sunday school, all power. Is given to me. Is given unto me and unto heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Very specific. Very specific. You have a job to do, and you have everything you need to do it with. You have all power the devil comes against you doesn't matter you have all power the demons are dragging you down you have all power you have obstacles come against you you have all power you have the power of the universe at your disposal to do what i tell you to do all power anything you need there is power to do it but we don't talk about that we don't talk about all the power we talk about feeling good in church there's a disconnect. I'm not trying to be critical this morning. I'm trying to help us understand. I'm trusting that you guys are ready to, 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 to move on to a little deeper piece of meat. There is some. Uh, are you guys with me on going by the Bible? Yeah. 
Are you guys with me on going by the Bible? Going by the Bible, not how we've always been taught. Now we have a, there is a disconnect. There is something wrong when it is, I want to come to church to get a blessing, to feel good, so I can go back out and live a powerless life. That won't work. That won't work. You, 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 oh, I want to be encouraged when I come to church so I can go home and be depressed. I want to be encouraged when I come to church because I've been so discouraged all week. I want to come to church and feel good so I cannot be able to do anything for Jesus. He never had that in mind. He said, all power is given to you at your disposal. So now let's go on to the next scripture and see what he said. So, so in Matthew, he says, you have a job to do. You to go out, see people saved, and then disciple them that they might grow in the Lord and, and become more mature. And then they go out and they, they uh, see converts and, and the church grows. So you have a job to do and all power is given you to be able to do it. So in, in Acts chapter one, if you'll turn over there with me. So Jesus now, again, is, uh, is ready to go back to heaven. And he gives this command. He's already told him he's given him all power. And in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 4, listen to what he says. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Drop down to verse 28. <clears throat> you say, what power was Jesus talking about in chapter 28 of Matthew? He said, all power. What power was he talking about? Well, it tells you right here. <clears throat> verse number eight. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses both to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and into other post parts of the earth. That's the Great Commission. Now, here's an interesting thing. If it was so important for us to go see soul saved, why did Jesus say, wait? Don't go. Don't evangelize. Don't see soul saved. Don't disciple the church. Wait and do nothing until you get the Holy Spirit working in you. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it here? Don't you dare go out and do it without me. We need the power to accomplish what he has given us. Luke 24, turn over there with me. Luke 24, just trying to show you guys that this isn't Gary's uh, crazy thinking that doesn't support by the scripture. And there's many, many, many scriptures we could read besides these. I'm just trying to give you enough to follow along with me. But in Luke 24, 49, again, same, same picture here. Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven. <clears throat> and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, wait ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. So they've been given a great big job to do, but Jesus told them twice, and twice in two different places in the scripture, he told them, don't do anything until you have the power. Until you have the power. (laughs) I have a hard time sticking with my notes because I'm just going to try and follow the Lord. How much is done in America today without any power? I think almost everything is done without power. 
Now, I've heard this comment said a lot of times. If you took the Holy Spirit out, all across America today, in the United States, there's probably no doubt millions of people in the house of, of God somewhere today. If you took the Holy Spirit out, how much would change about what really happens? And, and the truth is, probably not a whole lot of anything would change if you took the Holy Spirit completely out. But a lot of people, what they mean by that, again, is, well, the service wasn't shouty enough. But what it really means is, is there any power there? Is there any power there to draw people in, to save people's souls, to make people live right, to make people sit under preaching that, that makes them uncomfortable and move up to it so they can grow and be what God wants them to be? Is there any power in the house of God? There should be power here. And it is a supernatural, almighty power that comes from God on high. And that is what a Holy Spirit church will do. And, that, and that's what we're trying to figure out how to get back into the church is that power of God. <clears throat> so I found a pattern going on in the church. So if you follow those scriptures there, there is a power that is meant to run the churches, and it is the Holy Spirit. Are you guys with me so far? Am I making sense? Are you following me? There is a power that is to run the church that we cannot have church without. We cannot do what we're given to do without this power, and that power is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, I found a pattern, and again, we could run this out, and I could spend all morning doing this, and I'm just going to try and make it brief so you'll just see Gary's not making this up. But um, we're, uh, if, you, if you look in uh, Acts chapter 2, again, hopefully you're familiar with it, the day of Pentecost comes. So Jesus went back to heaven, Peter stands up, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes, and it's just all over everybody. And they spe- start speaking in different languages. Now, the scripture clearly teaches, now you can do what you want to with this, what you think, but this is what the Bible says. There were people there from every nationality. Just imagine we were having a big uh, a convention in California, and there were people there from Japan and from, uh, from uh, you know, England and from uh, China and from Africa and just all over the globe with every different thinkable language. And I get up and start talking, and everybody says, I can understand everything Gary's saying. <laughs> That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Well, that's what happened. That's what speaking in tongues was. It wasn't some gibberish. It was speaking. A, the Bible specifically says they spoke in another tongue. That is the word language. And it said to people who did not speak that language said, I understand everything you're saying. It was a miracle. It was the power of God. It was a supernatural feat that God did. What was the, what was the consequences of that? Did they go out of there saying, wow, that Peter's a great guy? Did they go out of there saying, that was a cool trick. I can't wait to see that again. You know, what the, you know what the reason for that power was? I want, you, I want you to see this. He said, all power is given to you to go out and do the Great Commission. When on the day of Pentecost, when all this Holy Spirit came, we see, we see about four things happening. The miracles advanced the church. So Jesus had told just a handful of men who were unlearned and ignorant to go out and evangelize the entire world. Sound like a big job? And this handful of men said, I don't know how we do that. He said, oh, oh, don't worry, I've got all power that will make that happen. So Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost, and he preaches. Now, just think about this. For the first time in having a church service, not too bad. He preaches this in the power that Jesus talked about. And what was the effect? The church was, I don't mean about, I don't mean the, the, the church itself was, I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ was expanded in, in uh, influence and in power because the Holy Spirit had come. And it was all about Jesus. 
Peter preached to them, you crucified the prince of of God. You you ignorantly nailed him to a cross. He died. And only by his name can you be saved. And if you don't turn and, and turn to Jesus, you will die and go to hell. It was all about Jesus. It was all about the gospel. So we see that miracles advance the church. We see that it exalted Jesus. We see that it's set up for the gospel. And we see here that 3,000 souls were saved. Are you following this? Are you following this? When the Spirit came, when the power was present, it was all about Jesus. The gospel was set up. The church was able to grow. And souls were saved. We go over into uh, Acts chapter 3. And if you're familiar with the Bible, Peter and John go out and there's a lame man laying at the uh, at the steps there and he, he reached down and they raised him up and he, he starts walking great trick right think well that's really cool there was, a, they, there was power to heal a lame man if you read that whole entire story and we don't have time to tell all this morning but if you read that whole entire story what was that about they come to him and they say wow Peter and John you guys are something they say oh no 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 it isn't about us it's all about Jesus it's about you. We lift up Jesus. We exalt him. Uh, the, the, the miracle advanced the church. And, and, the, and the gospel was set to be preached to these who were hearing it. And 5,000 people got saved. Because the power was present. And we go over into Acts chapter 5. And I want to read this one with you. <clears throat> and, and, then, and then we'll try to, try, try to make all this make sense. Acts chapter 5 so we've seen all these different, and you can just trace miracle after miracle after miracle through the uh, New Testament. I think you're going to find the same thing every time. But in Acts chapter 5, verse number 12, let us read that. <clears throat> it says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest, there's no man join himself to them, But the people magnified them, and believers were the more added unto the Lord, multitudes, both men and women. What happened there? The miracles advanced the church, it set up the gospel to be preached, it exalted Jesus Christ, and souls were saved. There's a pattern here. Every time there's the exact same pattern. You, you go through every time you find these things. You, you don't find the power coming to do cool tricks. You don't see the power coming uh, to make you feel good. You see the power coming to lift up Jesus, to, to advance the church, to see souls saved, and to set up the gospel to be preached. Every time it's the same pattern. Has that changed today? Has that changed today? Now, and I understand that some of the, some of the things that were done under, under the apostolic time maybe are, are different today. I understand that. But I believe the power should still be present in the church today. Amen? It should still be present today. <clears throat> we'll probably come back to this, but this really got my attention. I want to try and explain to you what it meant, because I had to read it know how many times before it made sense to me. And maybe you're a lot smarter than I am, but let me uh, just, just humor me. Let me explain it to you. Verse number 13, there, chapter 5, verse 13, it says this. And the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. I think that's very, very critical, and I, and I want to maybe emphasize that this morning, even a little later. That's kind of a strange way to word it, but can I tell you what that says? There was so much power in the church, the world was afraid to mess with it. 
They, they didn't want to just come in casually because there was so much power in there. They, and it says that they were of reputation, but the people were magnified. The church had a reputation that there's power in the church house. And the people outside the church house knew there was power in the church house. And they were intimidated by all the power that they seen displayed in the church house. I ask you, is that what it should be today? Is that what it should be today? Or should it be about how great Gary can preach? How good Renee can sing? How great you guys are? You guys are great, but that ain't about you guys. Ain't about you guys. It's about Jesus. And every time you find the power of God and the Holy Spirit in the Bible, it is always about lifting up Jesus, spreading the gospel, seeing souls saved, and the church advancing. Now we know this. We know this in the book of Acts, it teaches us that there were 3,000 saved, there was 5,000 saved, there was multitudes added, men and women continually. And then it says that these men have turned the world upside down. Now just imagine that. We're talking about the Roman Empire, one of the greatest empires that's ever been since the history of man, who had military might to, to just control the whole entire world. This Roman Empire, which, by the way, did not allow Christianity, this Roman Empire had a few ignorant men go out in the power of God and literally turn the thing up on its head. That's the power of God. And that's what we're supposed to have is the power of God. <clears throat> so my conclusion... Uh, my conclusion to, to the study of this, and again, we could, we could bring in many, many more scriptures, but trying to, trying to make it as brief as we can with you guys. As we study the New Testament and we look at Jesus saying we need power to, uh, to run the church, I think it is clear, see if this sounds at all familiar, if we want a spirit-filled church, if we want the spirit back in the church, it's all got to be about Jesus. It's not about you guys or what you guys want. It's not about your desires, your flesh, your needs, not about any of that. Let me just rabbit trail here just for a second. This isn't to hurt anybody's feelings. Is there anybody here that doesn't have any needs? Raise your hand if you don't have any needs. There's just nothing that you could ever possibly need. Okay, everybody has needs, right? Some of us got some really, really big needs. Here's a really, really fascinating thing. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm trying to give us some meat, okay? You like a little A1 with that? <laughs> it's, I just got to give you a little piece of meat. If you come in here focused on lifting Jesus up, and if the power is in here and you'll focus on that, he'll take care of your problems. But if you come in here focused on your problems, you'll probably never get to the power. You'll be so consumed by your problems. What we need to do is we need to be consumed by Jesus, and he'll take care of our problems. Has he ever let any of you down, by the way? Has he ever failed you? Come up short, wasn't good enough. He always is good. Has there ever been anything you've worried yourself sick over and he just took care of it? Why not just say it's about Jesus, it isn't about us, it isn't how I feel or what I want. It's about Jesus. Stop the church service so I can tell you what I need. No, let's talk about Jesus and let him take care of what you need. Say that hurts my feelings, it's because it's not about you, it's because it's all about him. If we get it that way, we can have a church that has power because it's about lifting up Jesus. Amen. Now, what did Jesus say? If you lift me up, what happened? Draw all men unto me. We won't have any place to put them. Draw all men. 
So if we do it wrong, it's about you getting what you want and you feeling good and you going out here getting what you needed and nobody wants to come. Or we can forget about what you need and forget about what you people want and forget about what everybody has an opinion about and say we're going to lift up Jesus and they'll come running because they're getting drawn in by Jesus. And we'll see souls saved, we'll see lives changed, we'll see the power of God manifest and people will say there's something going on in the house of God. Okay, that is what we're supposed to have is the power of God, the power of God in his house. Supernatural miracles are for the Great Commission. I've read it all through and I've read it and read it and read it and I, and I just don't see where it's anywhere else. Now, does God have the, um, what is the word I want to use? Um, this, this is a terrible word, Lord, forgive me for saying this. Is God allowed to do a miracle anytime he wants to? He doesn't have to ask my permission. He can do it for no particular reason. He can just give you a miracle, right? But if we want to understand what the New Testament says, miracles are about advancing the the Great Commission. The Great Commission is seeing souls saved, getting people discipled, growing in the Lord, uh, them, them going out and reaching people. That's what it's about. So the miracles. So here, whenever he healed the lame, when they spoke with tongues, one time they were in a prison, the prison began to shake, and, and they walked out. Another time Peter was bound, they let him out. Uh, just miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Every time, what was it always about? Lifting up Jesus, spreading the gospel, seeing souls saved, and, and the church being. Every time, exactly the same thing. Every time. No difference. In 2021, I can't believe God said, I got a whole different plan. I got a whole different plan. What we did back then, we're just going to do something whole different. No, it's the same plan. It's just we've left the plan. And we need to get back to the plan. So, the Holy Spirit today, if you guys have followed anything that I've said, did someone, did the Holy Spirit die and they didn't tell us? I mean, did, did, did God send a thing and said, we, you guys can have church without the Holy Spirit? You got to have the Holy Spirit. You cannot have church without the Holy Spirit. So in 2021, Holy Spirit today, what does that look like? Now, I'm going to tell you something. This, this, it's going to get hard from here on out, okay? And um, <clears throat> I, I'll be honest. I have had to, I've had this message on my mind for years and years and years and have wanted to preach it. And this week as I was studying out another message, and then this message came to me, I realized that I wanted to preach this for a very long time, and I've always thought, they can't handle that. And the Lord said to me today, I'm, I'm, I'm acting like what I'm preaching about, I felt like the Lord said this, this week, they can handle it, now let them have it. Okay? But this isn't fun, this is hard. Okay? So, in 2021... <clears throat> We hear of stories all over the all over the globe. We hear of now 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 this sounds very charismatic, but it's not the phony fake stuff, it's the real thing. There are there are places where they are not allowed to assemble because the government will come in and put them in jail or kill them, okay? China and such places like that. So they cannot gather in public. So they have to gather in secret, but they can't even tell each other where they're gonna meet, because if they tell each other, they might be talking to a spy and they'll get killed anyway. So here's what they do. They say, so, so just imagine I'm the pastor, we're in China. All right, next Sunday, I'm not going to tell you where church is at, but everybody be there. And everybody shows up. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit showed everybody where church was going to be. Can the Holy Spirit do that? Why doesn't he do it in the United States? I'm going to tell you why here in a minute. But 
He tells them where to come. So everybody here has no idea where it's going to be, but next Sunday you all show up. Can God do that? Absolutely he can do that. Can, can, the, can the resistance be right outside the door ready to kill us and we're in here having church and God sends down a Holy Spirit uh, herd of angels to fight them all off so they don't bother us? Can God allow us to overcome all the culture and all the government and everything that's against us to be able to, to see the gospel spread? Can I just tell you that today in 2021 in this world uh, there are places where the gospel is flourishing in Korea and in China and Africa. There are places where it's flourishing greatly because they're under persecution and people say you can't and they say oh yes we can we got the power of God now here is where it gets real ugly and here's where some of you are going to spit it out and some of you are going to get offended and I just hope a few of you say I'm going to eat that and I'm going to grow I know, I'm, I, know I, I know where I'm at I know I am at, in Sandusky, Ohio at Sand Hill Free Baptist Church. I know to whom I speak. I know the dangerous ground I'm getting ready to walk on. But could it be the reason we don't see the Holy Spirit move in power in the United States? Because we simply just got it too good? We are, we're just spoiled. You know, I, I brag on you guys all the time. I, I've never seen a giving church so just amazing how you guys give. You guys are just, blows my mind how much money you guys give. It, I really am. I, and I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. But can I just tell you that if, I believe this. If I told you we have a desperate need, we absolutely have to have $50,000 by next weekend. I believe we'd have $50,000 by next weekend. Because how in the world would we do that? Because God, we would just do it, right? But what about if none of you had a job? What about if none of you had any money? What about if none of you didn't have, I know I can, do you get the point? We can kind of do a whole lot of these things without God because we're spoiled because we have everything we want. We have freedom. Was anybody here afraid of getting, uh, getting persecuted by the cops, getting pulled over and taking, uh, being arrested because you're going to church? We have freedom. You didn't need the power of God to get here. Why would you need it for? And we don't really need him to have church because there ain't nobody going to bother us. And the culture's, semi-friendly to us, we don't have any reason to need God. Now, (laughs) all right, are you ready? I still follow that, um, and I just absolutely love, you can can say what you want to, I absolutely love that old man, I love him to death, he blesses my soul, He, he just, he blesses my soul. But that brother at North Valley Baptist Church, is anybody following him except for me? I watch him every single week. They told him he's been 400 and some days not allowed to have church. The government has come in and said, you will not have church. And he said, oh, yes, I will. And they threatened to, they fined him, I don't know, $7,000 every service. He said, I don't care, I'm going to do it anyway. And they, they threaten him with everything they could possibly threaten him with. He gets on live stream where everybody can hear it, and he tells the governor, Governor, straighten yourself up and let us go back to church. You are a bad person. You are evil. You are wicked. Let us go back to church. He tells the government that on, online. And guess what is happening in his church? Thousands of people are coming, and people are getting saved, and people are growing, and they're doing, he said, we're doing better than we've ever been. And the, the live stream is just off the charts 
Now, I told you you're not going to like this. Has anybody ever here, here thought, this is what I've been wanting to preach for a long time, that I didn't have the guts to preach. Has anybody thought since COVID broke out, I'm so glad I live in Ohio. We got a governor on our side. We got freedom. I'm sorry, other Democrat countries, sorry about their luck, but hey, we got freedom here. We're not in California. What if we said, I wish I was in California so I could see the power of God working like we've never seen it before? All right? See, someone said in Sunday school about not having a choice. That pastor didn't choose that way. John MacArthur, all you know how I feel about John MacArthur. They told him you can't have church. He said, I don't have church anyway. They threatened him, did everything on the sun. He never did. He never stopped, never backed down, never slowed down, never nothing. He just went on doing what God said. He told me, he said, he said God told me to have church. I'm going to have church. I don't care what you guys say. And I, I'll be honest. I've had thoughts of, man, I'm glad I'm not out there. I'm glad I'm not out there. It's easy here. I'm glad I'm not out there. But I got to thinking about this message, and God said, well, if you was out there, you could see the power. You could see the power. Because where you're at right now, you don't need it. Can I tell you, we can do some pretty amazing things in this church. You guys are awesome workers. We can put our minds together. We can put on a youth camp. We can put our minds together. We can build buildings. We can, we can do all kinds of things. We can go out and visit people. We can do, we can do all kinds of things because you guys are great people. You're loving and giving you great, great people. But wouldn't it be great? Uh, it, wouldn't it be great if we, and I know I'm messing up my outline. I apologize. But, but can I just say, I'm trying to follow the Lord. But can I say, wouldn't it be great if we said, we're doing something here that's way bigger than we're able to do? It's bigger than us. It's bigger than we're capable of. It is, it is so big that there's only one way it could happen, and that is God. It's not us. I don't see that happening in very many churches anywhere I go. There's a whole lot of things happening in some places, but it's because, you know, if you put enough good people together and they're working hard enough and they, you know, are willing to give and whatever, you can see some pretty phenomenal things happen without the Lord. I don't want to have church that way anymore. Now, here's where it gets ugly. So, <clears throat> a lot of people were scared to death after the election. I'm, I'm not meaning to get all political here. I'm just, I'm just trying, to, trying to get you to see this. Scared to death after the election. We're going to take our freedoms away, and they're going to take our guns away, and we're going to take our economy away, and we're going to live in a socialist country, and blah, 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 blah. I'm not real crazy about that either. I hate to see the country that I was raised in just crumble. May I remind you, may I remind you that Nero was sitting on the throne when the apostles were commanded to turn the world upside down and he would make Joe Biden look like a Sunday school teacher. He would make him look like a godly man. He killed Christians for the fun of it. Burned him in the most miserable, sickening way he could. He had sport out of just torturing people. He was an evil, wicked man. And you say, we're so bad. But what if God says, in order for me to display my power, I'm going to take away some of the ease that you have, some of the comfort that you have, take away all the things you have that you prop yourself up with, and then you will need my power, and I will show myself real. That tastes pretty bad, didn't it? That tasted pretty bad, didn't it? I'd rather just have a lot of money in my pocket and have good health and have a good country that's free and everything's the way I want it. And a president that's on our side. 
Now, I've, I was sitting in Sunday school this morning listening to Josh, and I, was, I didn't want to say anything because, but I was listening to Sunday school this morning, and here was my thought. And, I've, and I kind of really feel bad to admit this, but I have had this thought, and I, and I apologize to my kids for what I'm about to say because it sounds horrible. It really, really does. But Sister George, I've had this thought. Now, I'm being very carnal, very sinful, but I've had this thought. I'm getting old. When they make those changes, I'm going to die. It ain't going to matter. I ain't going to be here. When it gets really, really ugly, good luck, kids, right? I ain't going to be here. And I've thought about my kids and my grandkids and all that, and I thought they're growing up. But I was sitting in Sunday school this morning, and I turned it all around, and I said, Lord, I don't want to die before I get to see miracles happen. I don't want to see, die before I see great. I don't want to be the, I don't, they got to see all the great things happen. I died when it was easy. I want to be able to see God do great things. You say, Pastor, are you praying that, that the country collapses and that the government takes our freedom? Are you praying? And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we figured out how to have church without God. And we need to get back to a place where we say we can't do this without him. And we learned in Sunday school. See, here's the thing. If this week they pass a law that if you come back to church next Sunday, we're going to put you in jail and take everything you've got, you guys have to figure out how real fast how to get the power of God. Okay? But if you got a little bit of time between now and then, you could learn without having to go through that. And that's what we learned in Sunday school. So what if we started living today like we really need the power of God? What if at Sand Hill we start setting goals and start saying we're going to do things that are absolutely impossible? I'm not talking about we work hard enough, we can achieve it. I'm talking about there is no way possible this will happen unless God does it. What if we start saying that we can't have church without the power of God? You know, we've been praying, and I hope that you guys have been faithful. We got the five prayer groups that are supposed to be going, supposed to be praying every day, hopefully multiple times a day. And we are praying that uh, we're praying for the pastor. We're praying that, that people will come into the church, new people will come into the church. We're praying that lost people will come into the church. We're praying for the youth ministry to grow. We're praying that we'll grow in depth and everything. I see God answering all of those prayers. But do you guys believe that we can, we can get down on our knees and we can pray for the power of God and it can draw people into this church? Do you believe that it can draw lost people in this church and that they will be saved? Do you believe that it can draw young people in this church and the youth group will grow? Do you, do you believe that we can be every service we hear, we can grow deeper in the Word of God? See, what I'm saying is we need the power of God. We don't need, we don't need better people. We need the power of God. Now, maybe you don't believe everything I just said, but can I assure you the devil believes everything I just said? The devil believes. He's saying, ah, you're right. Now, if you were the devil and you understood everything I just said, you wouldn't care about us coming to church. You wouldn't care about us putting money in the offering. You wouldn't care about us, you know, going about our merry way, living a religious life. But you would care. One thing you care about, they can never have the power in the church house. So you would build a counterfeit that makes them think they have it that's not really the power that God wants. And then they will be content having church in their own religious ways without the power of God, and Satan doesn't care. But if we ever get to where we put the power in the house of God, I believe Satan begins to fear and tremble because he cannot deal with the power of God. Anybody want that? Remember when I preached on... I know the notes are a mess, and I, and I, 
I know it's really hard to follow this morning. I'm, I, I'm just trying to do the best I can. Remember when we preached about body, soul, and spirit? So we have a body, which is our flesh, which is sinful and evil and wicked and will be until the day we die, no matter how, even if we're saved, our flesh is still sinful. Then we have the soul, which is our intellect, our emotions, and our will. And then we have the spirit, which comes from God once we get saved, which connects with the spirit of God. I want to present to you this morning that most of what is done in the church is done in the soul. It's done in our emotions, in our will, and in our intelligence. That's our, that's our soul. But it's supposed to be done over here in the spirit where it connects with God. The Bible says to walk in the spirit. The Bible says to live in the spirit. The Bible says to die in the spirit. I believe that is a reference to living in your spirit connected to the spirit. But we live in the soul hoping that we can, we can be close enough to the spirit to make it work. And what my emotions say, what my feelings say, what my thinking says, what my will says is what I think church should be. Can I tell you, we don't care about any of that stuff. We want to walk in the spirit and do what the spirit says. That's how we have church. That's how we see great things happen. And I want to get the, I want to get the spirit back in the church. I want, to, I want to see the spirit have its way in the church. And is it possible, Acts 5.13, is it possible for the sand hill? I remember preaching this probably 10 years ago. And I, I don't think we were ready for it then. But is it possible that we have so much of the power of God in this place that the people out there can tell there's something going on? That there's a power in the house of God. See, that's what it was in the verse. They said that they, no man, the world was, there's something going on there. And they held them in high esteem. Is that possible to happen in, in today in, in Sandhill Church? I believe we're going to have to do what God wants. And do the impossible. Maybe be a little uncomfortable. Amen. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.